hear from Naomi Kelly in just a moment. She's going to be doing a, 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 a preach and um, uh, she's going to talk a little bit more about uh, from 1 Corinthians 2. And so first of all, we're going to have our reading and Adam Moran, with or without his egg and spoon, is going to do the reading. Hello, today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Good afternoon. I'm hoping that you can hear me. Um, my name is Naomi Kelly. Lots of you uh, know me. I'm married to Rich, who's on staff here. Um, we have two children, Joshua and Isla, who are both watching on separate screens. And uh, when I'm not busy being their mum, I teach psychology at Exeter College. So it's my absolute joy and privilege to be with you today, speaking sadly on Zoom, but it is glorious to be together. Uh, so thank you for that reading, Adam. I'm going to be picking up in 1 Corinthians um, from last week. I'm speaking from 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 to 16. So I just wanted to start with a little bit of an overview uh, of about, about the book of Corinthians before we dive in. So Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth um, and he had some important things to say. Paul had founded and established this church in Corinth before he then went on to plant more churches. He went on to plant a church in Ephesus. Um, and the church actually contacted Paul and asked for his wisdom on a number of issues. And some of these issues are things that we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks. Essentially, there were some divisions in the church and a number of sort of confusing and conflicting situations had arisen and they were sort of going back to Paul, their, their sort of uh, spiritual father, to ask for his wisdom. Now, Corinth was an economic centre. It was a thriving city, one of the most prosperous places in Greece at the time, and it was a port city. So it had a lot of um, sort of people coming and going, quite transient, um, and it was also... Ooh, I see someone else is sharing my screen, but I'm hoping that you might still be able to see me. Um, it, it was also a, a real kind of intellectual hub. I don't know what happened there, but I hope I'm still with you. Um, it was an intellectual hub. Uh, so 
there, there, was, there was a big mix of Greek, Roman ideas, and people worshipped different gods. So you had the Greek gods. Um, and what you found was the church was trying to pursue the wisdom of God. They were just trying to make disciples, building a strong community, establishing church. But within this context um, of sort of different gods, lots of different things in a culture that was quite alien um, and is quite different from the culture that they were trying to build as a church. So this is in a nutshell why they sort of came into difficulty. Um, they were trying to build this church, but they were finding that the kind of wisdom of the time and everything around them was sort of coming into conflict with what they believed as a community. So our passage for today. Essentially, the point that Paul is making in this passage is that human wisdom comes to nothing. It's fruitless. So if we pursue the wisdom of the world, it often leads us to confusion. It leads us down paths that don't lead to satisfaction. And we see this in the world all the time. The point that Paul is making to them very simply is the wisdom of God is superior to the wisdom of man. It always has been and it always will be. Now, I don't know if this is of any comfort to you, but it certainly feels relevant and applicable to me right now. Perhaps you feel confused by the state of the world. It's hard to know who to trust, what to think. The government advice is continually changing. If you feel like you're in need of higher wisdom, of a different perspective, then you're not alone. And for the majority of us, this is the most disruption and restriction we've ever experienced. It feels like the world is looking for answers. And I believe that Paul has something to say into our situation, just like he did for the Corinthians back then. So let's dive into the passage. In verses six to nine, Paul talks about how the wisdom of God is a mystery. And he talks about how the wisdom of God has been misunderstood by the rulers of the age. And he goes on to explain that that's why the Romans crucified Jesus, because they couldn't see him for who he was, the promised Messiah. But for me, the passage revolves around verse 10. He says, for God has revealed these things. And he's talking about the secret and his hidden wisdom of God. That's what he's talking about. So God has revealed these things to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything even the depths of god let's just let that sink in for a moment that the holy spirit who is himself god because we believe in a father son and holy spirit a three-part god the holy spirit who is himself god searches the depths of god and reveals the thoughts of god to us through the holy spirit he goes on to say, who can know our thoughts except us? And the same is true of God. Who can know the thoughts of God except God himself? And yet they are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Wow. I just think that's amazing. So as we walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit, we actually begin to know more of the thoughts of God. We get to know his nature, his ways. We begin to know him more. We begin to know what he's like and how he thinks. What a privilege. Paul then goes on to say in verse 15 that we can make judgments because we have the Holy Spirit and we operate in heavenly wisdom. So because we um, operate in that wisdom, he then says that we have the mind of Christ. So as we walk with the Holy Spirit, we see more of the thoughts of God and then that impacts the way that we think and hopefully how we then behave. 
So essentially, Paul is saying, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Therefore, we get to walk and talk with God. The Holy Spirit shows us what God is like. It's like we get a window into his thoughts. And as we get to know him more, that impacts how we live. Now, you may feel in this lockdown and indeed over the past few Uh, the past year, past few months, that you've got to know your housemates or your spouse or your children or your neighbour a lot better this year. And that may be a mixed blessing. For me, it's certainly had some highs and some lows. Generally, it's generally been good though. But what what I'm wondering today is how many of us have neglected in part our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Paul is very clear that we as Christians, it is our joy and our privilege and our opportunity to pursue a relationship with the Spirit. But I'm wondering how many of us have neglected that relationship. I remember back in the first lockdown when John prayed for us to be filled with the Spirit. And I confessed to thinking, what's the point? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I felt like I didn't need power. To be honest, I felt like I could pick up all that Holy Spirit, exuberant worship stuff when we were all back together again. It was sort of like the Holy Spirit was on furlough and I would reconnect with him when we were back together at church. And I don't know if any of that feels familiar to some of you. But let's be honest, it's easy to encounter the Holy Spirit when we're at a worship event, when we're at New Wine, when we've got everyone around us and we're all going for it. But what about when we're at home in lockdown? when we're maybe feeling isolated, alone, Uh, maybe we're homeschooling, we're working on the front line. It's easy to feel that God is really far off in this time, but actually he's as close as ever, keen to meet with us and minister to us. And I would like to say today that this is actually when we need the power of God flowing through our veins, the Holy Spirit living within us, breathing in our minds, impacting our lives, showing us the mind of God and equipping us. This is actually when we need him, not just at the big gatherings, but in our very day to day. Paul makes it very clear in this passage that it is our privilege and opportunity as Christians to know the heart and the wisdom of God by cultivating a life with the Holy Spirit. So what might this mean for us? As a church, I think it means not following what culture says, but what God says. And that's the the issue that the Corinthians came into. They were trying to work out how do you establish church when culture is so different? So I think there's a lot about that for our church. But as us as individuals, I think there's a call to cultivate life with the spirit every day, to welcome him into everything. And that just might look like listening to who God wants you to speak to. Who should you be contacting? how should we be living? So I've got a God story that I shared a couple of weeks ago. I've got some friends who are shielding and um, there was just one day that I just felt that sort of prompt that I should go and check in on them. So I, I went round to the house and we had a nice chat. And then that night he got called into hospital. He rushed, rushed into hospital. And then she said to me next day, I think something or someone was prompting you. And of course, that something or someone is the Holy Spirit. Um, I had another example that I've been listening to the Alan Scott podcasts on Joshua from Anaheim Vineyard. I know some of you are following along and he had a really powerful word, prophetic word for somebody who has crawling children. And obviously I've got two. So I really grabbed that word, really impacted me. 
But the point was that he said it in a different country, different time zone, and I didn't even hear the word live, and yet it profoundly impacted me. And I tell you what, it really raised my expectation levels of the fact that God is moving. The Holy Spirit is not on furlough. He's moving around the world to impact our lives. We started to bring more prophetic words at Essence. And I had a date last week, 22nd of March, that I shared. And I didn't get anything back. Nobody said it was significant, which was fine, because you've got to try these things, haven't you? But then later, a girl messaged me and said, actually, that date was really significant for my family. And we ended up having a conversation about that date. So it was another example of just listening to the Holy Spirit whispers and seeing how he moves. And finally, we had that lovely story from Jack earlier, and I was so encouraged because Jack is someone that I feel called to pray for. And every time I see Jack running, I don't know him very well, but I've seen him running a few times and I felt that God asked me to pray for him. So every time I see him running in, when I'm in my car, I've been praying for him and I've been specifically praying that he would be blessed with a spirit of boldness. And then so for me to hear that he approached somebody on the train and said, like, can I talk? Can I share? can I pray with you? I just think, wow, that is Holy Spirit moving. Holy Spirit prompts me to pray for him. And then the Holy Spirit is prompting him in boldness. So I hope that just encourages you that the Holy Spirit is not on furlough. He's moving and he's active and he really wants to impact our day-to-day lives. So as we cultivate life with the Holy Spirit, this kind of thing should be really normal for us. Maybe you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to just knock on your neighbour's door. Perhaps you think, I'm just going to check in with that colleague. Maybe you feel like you should specifically pray for someone. And I would suggest that these prompts could well be the Holy Spirit giving us that window into the thoughts of God. So as Paul was saying, you know, uh, he, he shows us what God is thinking. I'm suggesting those little prompts that we hear could well be the Holy Spirit. And as we get used to listening to him more, we should expect more. As we listen to him and step out, we get to partner with what God is doing for the good of our city and our nation. And I think that's really exciting. So I just wanted to end by sharing this verse that some of you probably know from the message. And it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I want to suggest today that if we're feeling tired and worn out, and I think many of us are, it might be because we've neglected our Holy Spirit relationship. In the busyness and the madness of this life, we've sort of put that relationship with the Holy Spirit on hold. And I really sensed as I was preparing for this that there are lots of us here who are doing the right things. You're reading your Bible, you're attending online church, you're probably connecting with people in the community, and yet you're still feeling tired. I feel like you might have put the idea of uh, being filled with power, it's like you've put that on hold. Maybe you've put that on hold until the end of lockdown. But my encouragement today is that we were not designed to do this life without power. And so if you know that you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, then I would love to pray for you to encounter the Holy Spirit right now. Or if you know that you've neglected your relationship with the Holy Spirit in any way, then I'm gonna pray for a fresh filling. 
So before we go into your breakout rooms, I'm just going to pray a blessing on you and then I'm going to send you out if that's okay. So if if you feel able and you could just put your hands out or put your hand on your heart, I'm just going to pray that we would encounter Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, come. I just invite the sweetness of your presence right now. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the honour and the privilege that it is to walk with you. And I want to pray a fresh release right now in your name on every single home right now, that they would be filled again with your power. Come Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Just feel even now, some of you will start to feel uh, the physical presence of the Holy Spirit in your body. You might feel a shaking, you might feel a warmth, and we just say more, Lord. And for those of you who feel nothing in your bodies at all, I say that's completely fine because we know that Holy Spirit is with us and he is wanting to move. It's not about an experience, it's about a relationship. So I bless you to know him again. Thank you, Lord.